Welcome to Share Talk, the only podcast where investors come first. Today we have Bob Smith, who's the Executive Vice President of Mitra Energy. Welcome, Bob. Thanks. Nice to be here. So Mitra Energy has been listed on AIM since 2010 now, and you've had your final results out yesterday. Do you want to just give us, firstly, for our listeners who've maybe not researched into MYT, as your ticker is on AIM, uh, what the company does and what you've been doing over the last year? Sure. So, so Mitra is one of the largest renewable energy companies in India. We're focused only on the Indian market. And we own and operate wind and solar plants. So at the moment, uh, from the end of 2016, we have a thousand megawatts of wind and solar plants in India. And the important point is that during 2016, we increased that by almost 100 percent. It's a 72 percent growth just during a single year. Okay, and. Going back to these final results out yesterday, there's, final results always tend to contain a lot of information because obviously it's, it's, it's what's been going on over that last year together with all your financials. But I think with your results particularly, there's a number of things that potentially need highlighting to investors that aren't aware of the story, particularly uh, your, your earnings before interest increase and the capital raising essentially. So do you want to just cover those briefly? Sure. So, so as you said, the EBITDA has increased by 70% year on year. And that's from a fairly substantial base. So we were at $75 million last year. We're at $120 million this year. So that's a significant increase on an already significant amount of money. So you don't see many companies growing at that kind of rate. And I think the point you make about finance is very interesting in that, in that we've raised the best part of a billion dollars of capital during the year in various different forms. And that money comes from sophisticated uh, investors who do their due diligence and and look carefully at the assets before they purchase them. So from my point of view, I think this is a great validation of the quality of the asset portfolio. So we're growing extremely quickly, but we're also growing and building extremely valuable and very impressive assets. So, I mean, in terms of the demand in India, that's obviously growing. And back in October, you had quite a, a significant milestone in terms of your capacity increase. Do you want to just give us an overview of that? Sure. So, during 2016, we added 417 megawatts, building on a base of 583. So, as I said earlier, almost doubled our capacity in a single year. And that's playing into a market which essentially from the point of view of our company is is extremely large indeed. So the Indian government has set a target where they want to build 175 gigawatts of renewable energy over the next four or five years. And that's 175 gigawatts starting from a base today, which is installed of about 40. So there's a huge potential for growth there. That's growing to at least three times the size of Germany over the next sort of four years in renewable terms. So, bearing in mind these significant revenues, I mean, we're moving on to some shareholder questions here. I've had one through this morning where they asked whether they, you know, they'd be interested to know what are your thoughts on the low market value given these results. 
Yes, well, I mean, obviously, we're very disappointed with the share price performance in the recent past. I think it's fair to say that we have confused the market a little bit in the first half of this year because we we changed the accounting standards and then we took a long time to issue the results. But now the results are out. I think everybody can see that actually um, the results have been very good. It's been a bit of a struggle to get them together because of the changes. But now that they're out, it's now very clear that performance has been excellent. So I, think, I hope we can move past that particular point and see the price start to recover now. But I think the, the general point is that the share price um, does not reflect anything like the value of the underlying assets. And I think the best way of demonstrating that is to look at similar companies in India who have recently raised equity at a valuation of $2 billion. And that's an equity valuation of the company. So that compares to Mitra's current equity valuation of around about $60 million. So even if we sort of take a discount for, for a number of factors, you can see that we're still markedly undervalued relative to direct competition in India. Okay, I mean, I think investors can see that there's a lot of good news being coming out of the company. But again, coming from the shareholder side, they've been asking us at ShareTalk why the directors not taken up more an opportunity to buy shares themselves. Yes, and I think, I mean, you did see some buying from, from Ravi, who's the chairman, uh, around uh, yeah. the end of last year. And I think since then, essentially, we've been in a closed period, right? So we've not been able to do anything while we've been waiting for the results to come out. Um, you know, I can't make predictions about what people are going to do in the future. But I mean, clearly, we can see the value in the company just like everybody else can. Yeah, I mean, just on that same subject, I mean, why was it felt best to reissue share options to the directors and employees for an exercise price of one pence? So there's a single share option scheme for everybody, right? But the, the, the issue here for Mitra is that because of our success, we are a very popular hunting ground for competition. And, you know, obviously the Indian market right now is a very exciting market and a lot of new entrants who are trying to poach our staff. And our share scheme that we had in place essentially had shares that were underwater or options which were underwater for the employees. So they weren't forming much of a retention incentive. So by repricing this, this, the options as we've done, we've turned that back into a strong retention incentive for the employees. So that was the main motivation. Okay. So something else that's just been picked up on within those financials is that the average age of receivables is going up significantly. Uh, creating a cash flow risk. So what steps are you taking to improve that? Yeah, so that's that's been a bit of a challenge this year in that, that um, one of the states, Rajasthan in particular, did not pay on time for some period during the year. Now, you know, it's all about timing. So at the end of the year, for reporting purposes, they had not paid their debts. Uh, however, they did pay them in March. And so in actual fact, sitting today, things look dramatically better than they did at the end of the year. And I think the bigger point for me is that this is a demonstration of something that we've said a lot, which is that although our offtake partner, this, this, this state electricity board is the person that is the company that buys our electricity, although our offtake partner is sometimes regarded as being financially weak, you essentially have a state and a, and a government guarantee. And so what we've seen actually over the last year is the enactment of exactly that principle. 
um, where the government have issued a bailout structure, which has allowed the state electricity boards to improve their financial position and therefore clear their debts um, over the last year. So, you know, we've really seen that happen over the last sort of few months now, where where things uh, that we've been talking about in the past have actually come to fruition and demonstrated that there really is uh, no real wo- reason to worry about the credit rating of the SEBs. Okay, so just finishing off with these shareholder questions, what is what's the effect of the likely IPO going to have on the existing listed company and its shareholders? So the first thing I have to say, of course, is that the use of the word likely in that is a, is a little bit dangerous. So, okay. uh, of course, there's been market rumours about IPOs, there's been market rumours about all kinds of things. And, um, you know, I cannot confirm or deny what our plans are, other than to say that we, of course, look at all of the options available to us at any moment in time in order to be able to demonstrate the value of the assets and to drive the UK stock price. And if we were to do something like an IPO, then what we would do is to list the Indian company, uh, which is 100% owned by the UK listed entity. So whatever valuation that company received would then flow through uh, if if things are working well, that would then flow through to the UK valuation. But I, you know, I have to emphasize the point that you know, we're not saying we're going to do an IPO, we're saying that that's one of a number of options that are on the table. And of course, there are many, many external issues that can come up that can prevent an IPO from going ahead. So we shouldn't plan on that basis. That sounds like a fair comment, Bob. So if you had to kind of summarize why investors who are not currently invested in in mitra why they may want to get on board at the moment what what how would you you know give us an overview of that i think mitra is one of these companies which has a a combination that is very rarely seen so on the one hand we have a very large operating asset base with long-term stable revenue which is contracted and stable for the next 25 years and on the other hand we're growing like a Silicon Valley startup. And it's very rare that you see those two things in combination. And Mitra over the last five years has demonstrated both its capacity to build at a phenomenal rate and continue to add capacity uh, at very high growth rates. But it's also demonstrated its ability to raise finance, to be able to, fu- to, be able to fund that growth, and also our commitment to really cleaning up our balance sheet and making the trans- the financials more transparent. And as you saw this year, we paid off $15 million of mezzanine finance and we'll continue to do that in the coming months. So for me, you know, Mitra is this, is this a very rare uh, combination of on the one hand, a utility company with stable cash flows and a large scale asset portfolio. And on the other hand, an extremely rapid growth rate, which you see very rarely. And that's combined with a true commitment to governance and to transparency. Okay, Bob. Well, thank you for your time today on Share Talk. It's a pleasure. Thank you. That was Bob Smith from Mitra Energy, ticker MYT. On AIM, Bob is the Executive Vice President. Thank you, Bob. Thank you for listening. Remember to visit our website for more news and other podcasts at www.share-talk.com.